Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Nordby. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Carla Vicentini and Margaret Fox. Carla Vicentini came to the U.S. in January 2006. Carla was born and raised in a small agricultural town in Brazil and came to the U.S. for a few months as a part of a cultural exchange program. She was pursuing her engineer degree. The 22-year-old had saved her money and was so happy for the opportunity to come to the U.S. Once she arrived in Newark, New Jersey, she quickly found a job at White Castle in Ledgewood and was staying at a hotel nearby until she moved into her apartment in the Ironbound neighborhood the following month. In February, she moved into her apartment on Ferry Street that belonged to a family friend. She also started a new job at the Mediterranean Manor, which was a banquet hall that specialized in weddings. Can you imagine moving from Brazil to Newark, New Jersey? It would just be a whole different world. It would be, it would just be a whole different world and, and, um... In February, uh, just the just the I mean, weather, culture, um, not even knowing what to be afraid of. Yeah, her friend Maria, who was also from Brazil, moved into the apartment with her and began working as a waitress at the Adega Bar and Grill on Ferry Street. On February 9, two thousand six, Carla worked during the day, and was planning on stopping in at the Adega Bar to see her roommate when she was done with work. She had a change of clothes with her, so she didn't have to stop at home before going to the bar. A male friend drove her to the adega. By 2.30 a.m., Carla had struck up a conversation with a man at the bar. They were seen drinking and talking, but Carla didn't speak fluent English, and it's unlikely that this man spoke Portuguese. The man invited Carla outside to look at a photograph in his car. She told her roommate, Maria, that she would see her at home later. That was the last time anyone has seen or heard from Carla Vicentini. Some witnesses say they saw Carla walking home alone after leaving the bar. Others say they saw her get into a car with a stranger. Both could be true. Both could be true. Yeah. Police say that she had to have returned home at some point after leaving the bar because her bag with her work clothes in it was found in her apartment, along with her jacket, wallet, and passport. The man that she was seen with at the bar is described as quiet and sullen. He was approximately 30 years old, 5'8", and 200 pounds. He has a fair complexion with light eyes and short salt-and-pepper hair. His name may have been Antonio. Several days after Carla vanished, someone called her boss's cell phone and screamed help. The caller has never been identified and it's unclear if it's related to Carla's case. Newark police received a single anonymous call that a woman was being held against her will in an apartment, possibly apartment 12H in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. However, the police have received no further information and have not confirmed whether this call was a tip or a hoax. Honesdale is about two hours away from Newark. So did they check up on it? I couldn't find anything to say whether they found out where this apartment was, if they even looked into it. That doesn't mean that they didn't. It wasn't, it just wasn't reported anywhere that that it was. Well, and um, because it, that's the only lead they had. Right. Hopefully, hopefully they did and found out that it's just strange that 
that it the way that it sounds it's as if they didn't follow up on it well yeah and it's it's oddly specific possibly apartment 12h in 2010 carla's mother tanya told the star ledger that she was certain her daughter had been murdered she said i think carla isn't alive because she would never stay more than two days without contacting the family someone destroyed her dream getting a chance to know a different country how long was she in the united states like a month roughly Carla Vicentini is described as 5'7", 140 pounds, with blue eyes and blonde hair. She has a tattoo on her stomach of a red chameleon and one on her back of a dark gray angel with open wings. She also has multiple piercings, including her ears, navel, and tongue. She was last seen wearing a blue Hugo Boss coat, blue jeans, and a white shirt. If you have any information about the disappearance of Carla Vicentini, please call the FBI's Newark Division at 973 7923000 This is such a sad case of somebody that's wants to better their life and has everything moving in the right direction. She doesn't speak fluent English, but she'd already had two jobs and yeah. and a roommate and apartment and yeah. Well, and you know, it's like somebody took advantage of that that she was new in the US. She didn't speak very much English. Um she may she not probably have, trusting. Yeah, she probably didn't realize that this was potentially a dangerous situation. Yeah, it's hard to say. She was. It, I don't think it said how long her friend Maria had been in the United States. Just about the same amount of time that oh, she was. Okay. Yeah. So, so from what I could tell, anyway. So, I remember visiting my girlfriend in. Um, it was in Boston, and I just turned twenty-one, and my friend Rebecca she called me uh, fresh meat. Because uh, I was smiling at everybody, greeting people like yeah. I would do in my normal life. Yep. Um, and uh, she had, to, she just chewed me out and s- said that I just, I bring attention to myself in a negative way because um, I had an open face. Yeah. Uh, I was friendly and engaging with people, and um, that actually was dangerous. Sure. And I didn't, I wouldn't have known that, except for that I had moved to this large city. Right. And lived there for a short time. But uh, they hadn't even been there long enough. And they didn't know necessarily know better. Yeah. Uh, because because they hadn't talked about it. But yeah. uh, she had plans to go to school and to, to um, better her life. And was well in that way and just kind of cut it short. Yeah. Well, and this, this was about the time that the Long Island serial killer was active. Um, and that person has never been identified or caught. Um, the Long Island serial killer was active between, I think it was 2003-ish to 2013. Um, his primary victims were sex workers, so mm-hmm. obviously this was not, that's not what she was, but However, um, if she was uh, walking. A single woman yeah. walking alone um, yeah. would have been, a, could have been a target. And it could have been, it could have been a target. Yeah. So who knows if that's related to that or not, but. That Maybe. person's never been identified either. And it doesn't sound like they, they found that person, that Antonio, that no. older gentleman that was um, wanted to show her a picture of his yeah. car. That yeah. he's never come forward. No. And that's suspicious just because if you were Antonio uh, and not guilty of any wrongdoing, you would have wanted to clear your good name. Well, yeah, and especially, you know, once this story was out in the media... To say, hey, I was that guy that she was talking to, and 
you know, here's where I left her. Here's what, what happened when I last saw her. Right. Um, whether his name was Antonio or not, at least. Right. To come forward and say, to try to clear your name at least. Right. Or just to clear things up. Right. Margaret was a recent graduate of St. Paul's Grammar School. She loved horses and took piano lessons. She went missing on June 24, 1974, in Burlington, New Jersey. She was 14 years old. Margaret Ellen Fox had put an ad in the newspaper for her babysitting services. On June 19th, John Marshall responded to her ad, asking for a babysitter for his young son for the following weekend. He had postponed their first meeting several times. Eventually, they set up a meeting in Mount Holly, New Jersey, at the corner of High and West Broad Street. He said that he would be driving a red Volkswagen. On June 24th, Margaret took a bus to Mount Holly. Margaret's younger sister accompanied her to the bus stop and saw her get onto the bus. Witnesses reported seeing Margaret near the bus stop at Mill and High Streets in Mount Holly. Margaret was never seen again. Authorities called the number that John Marshall had given, but it went to a supermarket near Lumberton, New Jersey. John Marshall was never identified. Investigators believe that Margaret was abducted because her disappearance was suspicious in nature and there were also complaints of men trying to lure young women with fake job offers. Within hours of Margaret being reported missing, the police were tracing calls to her home. One man called and demanded $10,000 for Margaret's safe return. He stated $10,000 might be a lot of bread, but your daughter's life is the butter topping. The caller was never identified. Here is that recording. $10,000 might be a lot of bread, but your daughter's life is the butter topping. Who was it? In 1976, a suspect confessed to being involved with, Mar with Margaret's disappearance, but it turned out to be a hoax. Margaret Ellen Fox is Caucasian and would be 59 years old today. She has brown hair, blue eyes, and freckles. At the time of her disappearance, Margaret had two front top teeth missing. She wore eyeglasses with hexagonal lenses, gold, gold wire frames, and a broken off temple and nose piece. The description of what she was wearing that day that she went missing broke my heart. It is clear that she was loved and cared for. It was reported that Margaret was last seen wearing a light blue, long-sleeved, floral patterned blouse that was squared at the top and flared at the waist, a size 34B brassiere, a black and white or blue and white checkered waist-length coat, maroon flared jeans with a yellow patch on the knee, on one knee, brown sandals with a heel strap, a gold necklace with flowers and a blue stone on it, and a gold charm bracelet with a round blue stone. She was carrying a brown bag with an eyeglass case with a huckleberry hound design. Margaret's parents had passed away, but her siblings are still alive and some still live in the Burlington area. Her case remains unsolved. There is a $25,000 award for information that leads to an arrest or conviction. If you have any information about the disappearance of Margaret Ellen Fox, contact the FBI Newark Field Office at 973 792-3000 or the Burlington City Police Department at 609-386-0262 extension 211. That recording gives me chills. It is very distinct. Uh, that, that was just updated. They just updated that in 2019 at the 45th year of her disappearance or something like that. And they, and uh, so they refreshed it 
and taken out any any distractions that they can but it is very distinct the wording is very distinct and his his accents accent, yeah and how he puts the words together are very distinct Ugh. and that's why that's kind of <clears throat> that's why I picked it because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of information on the case on why she went missing but there's a lot of information on this young girl's life yeah and it and it is very distinct it's very specific um, and somebody somebody would recognize that voice the pattern of speech the wording that was used it was um, it was it was certainly thought out before he said it yeah and that's why the the information about what she was wearing that day that I really wanted people to hear that because it's common for people who are who abduct or murder or rape others keep a small um, thing to remember that person by yeah and the information about what she was wearing so very specific that even her glasses were specific. Yep. The hexagon. Broken, hexagon lenses. Yeah. Broken temple and uh, missing nose piece. Yeah. Those things are very specific. And he could, this person, this John Marshall, um, quote, in, air, in quotes, uh, could still be alive. There, it's very possible. Yeah. There's no idea on how old. And, and we know that John Marshall wasn't the it correct wasn't, name. Wasn't the correct name. Yeah. Right. Well, and it, uh, the person who called more than likely was the person that took her because, I mean, it, was, it wasn't very long after she disappeared. Hours. And so in the 70s, you know, there probably wasn't this big media, you know, blast right away. Right. And so how would he have known? It would have gone out on the radio, yeah. probably, uh, on television. And, but it wouldn't, I don't, can't imagine that it would have listed the Fox family as a person to contact. Right. Uh, though... The, you know, um, John Marshall, whoever that person is, did have the number to the house. Yeah. And um, would have had that easily and would have been able to, to contact them. But also to be ready to say a $10,000 reward. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that if there was anything else that was said in that conversation, they would have shared it. Sure. Just because it would have been more of that speech pattern, more of that, that distinct voice. Yeah. Um, well, and you can hear at the end of it, she, the mother says, who is this? Right, right. So Ugh. who knows if he hung, just hung up right after that. Right, right. And, you know, it's a lot of things about this we, we wouldn't do today. Yeah. You know, a lot of things about a child putting an ad in the paper uh, for babysitting services. Yeah. Uh, that's, not how, that's not how we would do it today. Yeah. Uh, but, but at the time, it was very common. And... I wanted to make sure that we talked about it was the mother. I don't know that it was the mother, but I believe it was the mother who reported what she was wearing. Sure. Who very specifically knew what her daughter was wearing and knew that it had a yellow patch on one knee. Yeah. Um, that her glasses were broken and how they were broken. Um, the Huckleberry Hound eyeglass case. The, just the very specific things that says that she was she was loved she was cared for 
um, this was this was just a a situation in which yeah a bad guy just taking advantage of taking it yep taking advantage and but I think that the the Lumberton New Jersey supermarket which is I can in, in my mind's eye I can see it being a uh, phone booth sitting on the outside there sure. and um, the the wording that he used um, it just it talks about that I, I think that this case can still be solved oh absolutely but because there's so many specific details yep yep and he he canceled the first the first meeting and they didn't meet actually until she left and went on the bus and and you know we can assume that they met when she got to Mount Holly but yeah. but he had canceled their first meeting several times um, for one reason or another and because he had this intent yeah and just uh, yeah and you know the idea of if that had been you receiving those phone calls and had all these these cancellations you know, getting a weird feeling about that and um, not trusting your gut instinct yeah. and thinking that this is a chance to, to make some money and being a trusting person and we don't expect bad things to happen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when I look at the picture of Margaret Ellen Fox, which will be available on our website, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit younger, but not much younger. All my friends looked just like her. Yeah. They, we looked, we just looked, <laughs> we looked alike, missing those front teeth, um, um, crooked teeth, funny hair. Um, I have curly hair and I was trying to feather it at the time, which <laughs> did not work well. She looks like a typical girl, a typical teenager from the 70s. From the 70s, yeah. yep. Maroon flared mm-hmm. pants. Uh, everything about her is so very typical about what would have been seen at that time. So, um, so that's the story of Margaret Ellen Fox. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com. So this is our weekly distraction, something to, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like a palate cleanser yeah. for, uh, uh, from the uh, uh, tough uh, cases that we've just read. Uh, it's a palate cleanser for us and, and um, in our efforts to make each other just laugh for whatever reason. So here are some fun facts. The world's oldest piece of chewing gum is over 9,000 years old. How does it even still exist? Because you think it would just deteriorate. Mud. Ew. Because it's it's uh It's like sap or something. It's, it's like sap or something. Uh, and how do they know it's chewing gum? Ew. Too? And they just share it. I mean it's only one piece. There's only one piece for the village. Yeah. Uh, a coyote can hear a mouse moving underneath a foot of snow. Wow. Bolts of lightning can shoot out of an erupting volcano. That's crazy. As if volcanoes aren't scary enough. Oh, scary enough. <laughs> An erupting one. And who's watching this? Right. Prove that. Right? Who's watching this? I don't know. I would be a long ways away. 
New York drifts about one inch farther away from London each year. Maybe it's London that's drifting away Maybe. from New York. I don't know. Um, the U.S. dollar can be folded approximately 4,000 times in the same place before it will tear. Someone has got a lot of time <laughs> on their hands. <laughs> one, two, three. Crap, I lost count. <laughs> oh, this is gross, especially since we're in a very small room uh, facing each other. A sneeze travels about 100 miles per hour. Ew. Gross. Yuck. Earth has traveled more than 5,000 miles in the past five minutes. Wow. That's all I have to say about that. That's <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that kind of blows my mind. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it would take a sloth one month to travel one mile. Aww. Just, just give him a ride. Just give him a ride. Just pick him just up. Just pick him up. They're He's not, got places to go. He's got places to go. He <laughs> needs some help. 10% Ten, 10 of the world's population is left-handed. Hmm. Only 10%. I don't know that. <laughs> this, is dumb. this sounds like a dad joke. A broken clock is right two times every day. That sounds like something my dad would have said. Sure. <laughs> According to Amazon, the most highlighted books are on Kindle are the Bible, the Steve Jobs biography, and the Hunger Games. Hmm. Who's highlighting the Hunger Games? Oh, it's good. Have you read it? No, I've you should. seen it. Oh, you got to read it. It is good. Enough to highlight passages? Yes. I think I've read it like three times. Really? Yeah. Uh, have you highlighted it? No. I have books, not Kindle. Well, you can Version. highlight books, you know, too. That'd be weird. And the Amazon wouldn't know. No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be in that statistic. A mole can dig a tunnel that is 300 feet long in only one night. Wow. That's a lot. I'm busy. Busy, busy, busy. Ooh. Well, this is interesting to me since we're at the Christmas season. And um, my husband is a shop teacher. And from Thanksgiving to Christmas, he plays I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas every day between Christmas, between Thanksgiving and Christmas to torture the students. So, so <laughs> one fact that you need to know is a hippo's wide open mouth is big enough to fit a four foot tall child in. Who is, what? Okay, two foot tall child, <laughs> you're next. Let's see. <laughs> two and a half foot. That's terrible. <laughs> while you can, uh, chewing gum, while you can onion, will help keep you from crying. Huh. Chewing an onion while cutting gum will do nothing. It won't, no. <laughs> no. If you were to stretch a slinky out until it's flat, it would measure 87 feet long. Wow. Al Capone's business card said that he was a used furniture dealer. I mean, I, I have nothing to say about that, I don't I guess. either, but I could think that if you were Al Capone, you would think of something more exciting, like a used car salesman or something. As opposed yeah. to a used furniture dealer. Yeah. There are more collect calls on Father's Day than on any other day of the year. Aww. More than Mother's Day? But if you're calling collect, you're making Dad pay for the call. <laughs> I guess he'd understand. <laughs> yeah, he would. Right? He would understand. 
banging your head against a wall burns 150 calories an hour. And also puts a dent in your head. And gives you traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. There's easier ways to lose weight. There's easier ways to lose weight. <laughs> Either has to be. Chewing gum or onions. Yeah, that's painful ways. Uh, 90% of, 95% of people text things they would never say in person. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. well, I think it's more. Yeah. Maybe not. Uh, a crocodile can't poke its tongue out. Huh. I don't... They don't lick their lips, though. No. Do they have lips? Do, do, do crocodiles have lips? Mm. Um, yeah. These are, these, are, these aren't necessarily fun facts. They're really odd, though. It is, po- it is physically impossible for pigs to look up into the sky. Oh. They don't have necks. They have necks. They're just very short necks. They're thick. <laughs> thick necks. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Guinness Book of Records holds the record for being the book most often stolen from public libraries. Aw. Well, are you kidding? You can read it forever. It's a perfect, perfect book to steal. <laughs> because you can't read it in one setting. Janelle, don't get any ideas. Because we are in the library. <laughs> I don't want to be an accomplice. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the things that I have for you good, today. Good, those were good. I like facts, like random them. facts, or just or somebody's made them up because I don't really know. Well, I didn't vet these. I have no idea. They could be all false. They could be, but yeah, right. That's fine. We'll go with it. They're so good. So what do you have? Katie? So I have some more tweets. Okay, because tweets are my favorite. Um, and since we're really close <laughs> You're to Christmas, a sweetheart. I have. <laughs> Uh, and since um, Christmas is in two days, yes, um, these are well. You'll be listening to this after Christmas, I guess. But um, these tweets are about company holiday parties. Oh, yes. So these are funny tweets about holiday parties. I did karaoke at my office Christmas party. I sang Bohemian Rhapsody. There was a dance routine, so no, I'm not going to work tomorrow. <laughs> Can't wait for the office Christmas party. A great place to catch up with people you haven't seen in like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I reserved for two at our company Christmas party. I don't actually have a plus one, but I'm just looking forward to having two plates. <laughs> <laughs> and two desserts. Uh, this info on the office Christmas party invite concerns me. Dress code. Smart, casual, with a hint of sparkle. Well, that's what I wear every day. Well, you should. It's a Christmas party. It's a Christmas party. It's Tuesday. Tonight is my office holiday party. Tomorrow is my awkward office board meeting. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad planning. <laughs> uh, the office holiday party is a great place to meet everyone you've been emailing from 10 feet away. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> talked to you face to face in a year since the last Christmas party. Uh, Tomorrow is my company's Christmas party, and you're absolutely right if you think I'm going to eat 100 crab legs for free. <laughs> Until I make myself sick. <laughs> my coworker is planning our office holiday party, and he did, he needed a headcount, so he messaged me. You're not bringing a plus one, right? And he definitely meant because I'm remote, and it's unlikely I'd fly someone out for it. But nevertheless, I feel personally attacked. Can a girl live? You never know. I, I could have flown in for the Christmas party. <laughs> That's just how I roll. Uh, 
Uh, one year at the office holiday party, I gave out raffle tickets to everyone, even though there was no raffle and no prize. <laughs> <laughs> but they were so appreciative. That's the great you never idea. know. You That's never a great know. Idea. You know the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and you just you just buy a roll. You just buy a roll. Of yeah. Them and you just you split it in half. Yeah. And you could give out both sides. You of could. over time. Over time, <laughs> nobody would even know. Uh, already starting to think about how long I will stay at the office holiday party before leaving to go home and pet my roommate's cat yes uh, yeah you know it would be noticeable if you left our office party early it would be just five of us yeah <laughs> uh, okay now is the point in the, in the office holiday party where I'm explaining the difference between sun rising and moon signs uh oh that's not good it's not good if you're the person listening to it. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, though I can't remember a lot of the office holiday party, I know the DJ didn't play any good music because I'm still employed. <laughs> <laughs> the office holiday party doesn't have nearly as much cheer as it does people asking me if I work here. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, 14 years. <laughs> So is a good office party one that you can't remember or that you can't forget? Ooh, I don't know. Depends on what you did. Well, but if you can't remember, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's all I remember, have. If you can remember, then um, at least you have something to talk about. Right, and hopefully you're still employed. Hopefully you're still employed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> we hope that you have a wonderful... A holiday party uh, with your office mates <laughs> this year or uh, not. <laughs> <laughs>